Sermon number 584, Blessed to be a Blessing, preached in the First Presbyterian Church of Bakerstown, October 24, 1971. The text is Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Here the pronouncement for a destiny is found in God's word, Genesis, the 12th chapter. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who curses you I will curse. And by all you, all the families of the earth will bless themselves. About 4,000 years ago, in that area that was known then as the Earth of Chaldees, a man by the name of Abram received the God-inspired impression, came to a conclusion that many of us would like to have. This man became convinced and had without one question in his mind the assurance that his life was blessed. This man knew without a doubt that he had a purpose in life, that God was blessing him, and that his life would become a blessing to other people. Now this did not come upon Abram suddenly. This blessed assurance, which was his, came to him only because first he did three things. This assurance, this knowledge of personal blessing, the fact of who he was, came to Abram only after first he had heard the word of the Lord. The first verse of the twelfth chapter, which you have just heard, says very distinctly, Now the Lord said to Abram, Abram, you see, heard the word of the Lord, but unfortunately for us, it does not tell us how he heard the word. It would have made things a lot easier if God would have included in this inspired writing how he speaks to his people. Some people think that God literally separated the clouds of heaven and shouted down with a loud poignant, with loud, poignant tones, Abram, Abram, I have blessed you, and you are to become a blessing to all the families of the earth. Many think that's the way it happened. I do not. No, I think rather that the word of the Lord was heard by Abram in gradual phases. It was in the continuously, in the continuous hearing of the traditional stories and the sacred literature which was available in his day and which was repeated to him time and time again by his, by his father, Torah. 
that these particular stories were continuously mingling around in the mind of this 75-year-old migrant, that the word of the Lord was working by the power of God's Spirit as it can only work in the mind and in the heart of this man for some time, and eventually, eventually he came to the conclusion that God was speaking to him as he relived once again the incidents which were recorded in those ancient stories of how God had, had worked with an Adam and an Eve and a Noah and an Enoch. Eventually he felt that God was working with him, and he heard the word of the Lord. Now just hearing God's word is not enough to make one know that he is a blessing. Abram not only heard the word of the Lord, but secondly, he understood the word of the Lord. He understood what the Lord, through his inspiration, had implanted upon this 75-year-old man's heart. Without a question, God was speaking to him in simple syllables. I will bless you. Get up and get out of your country and go found, find a new land whose builder and maker and whose foundation is God. Go, and I will bless you, and you will become a blessing to all the people of yet generations unborn. He understood it. There was nothing difficult with that simple utterance. And this man, Abram, not only heard the word of the Lord, but he understood it. But just hearing nor understanding, these two things in and of themselves did not give that confidence that Abram had that his life was blessed. The third thing was necessary. He had to be obedient to the word of the Lord. And that, and only then, was when Abram knew that he was blessed. When he heard the word, understood the word, and then was obedient to what he understood and what he had heard. Then he became the father of our faith. When he went out, not knowing where he was going, but going out in faith, being obedient to the word of the Lord. That's where Abram became knowledgeable not only to himself that he was a blessing, but allowed other people to be blessed because of his blessedness. That's the way it works. And the Bible is very, very clear in telling us today, 4,000 years later, that we can have the assurance that we are blessed and that God will bless what we do here on earth if we do it in obedience to him, so that other people in every nation of the land shall know that they are blessed. But we must do it the same way that Abram did it. This is the prerequisite for being a blessing. These are the things which today we still must do if we are to have that confidence and assurance that Abram had. We must first hear the word of the Lord. If you never open your Bible, if you never search the scriptures, 
If you never willingly subject yourself to an exposition of the scriptures through a sermon, no matter how dull it is, you may become many things, but one thing you will never become. You will never be a person that has the confidence that God is blessing your life. You will never have, with assurance, the knowledge that what you do in his name will become a blessing to other people. Later on in the Testament, we find out that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And if you never hear the word of God, then you can't help to be people who live in ignorance of what God would have us to know. But just hearing the word of God, either as we do it in sitting in church or reading from our own Bibles, though that is a wonderful thing in and of itself, that alone will never produce the assurance which we crave in wanting to know that we are blessed. We must also understand the word of the Lord. Like Abram of old, we must hear it and we must understand it. And this is no easy task. The most difficult book or literature to understand in all of the world is the Bible. And anyone who tells you differently is an individual who does not only not know what he is talking about, but he's an individual who has never really studied the Bible himself. It's a book written by adults under the inspiration of God. It is a book written for adults, and it can be understood only by people who put adult discipline and maturity and hard work into trying to understand it. There's no other way. You see, we are more at a disadvantage than was Abram. Abram had just the sacred stories and, and the traditions which he had to learn to understand, to interpret the word of God, but we have far more revelation than that. We have not only the same stories that he had, but we have also the word of God that came down through Abram himself, and through Isaac, and through Jacob, and through Joseph, and through Moses, and through Joshua, and through all the judges, and through the prophets, and through the kings, through the apostles. And the word of God that came down in what God, or in which John himself calls the Word of God made flesh in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. We have more revelation to try to understand than had Abram, but Abram did not have the advantages that we have. Abram did not have the great many translations which we enjoy. He did not have the great scholarship which God has been blessing for 2,000 years and which is presented to any of us through commentaries and biblical dictionaries. He did not have the great pieces of work which are being written today by men who have been living with the Word of God for decades and whose work is being blessed and inspired by the Holy Spirit and whose teachings are present for us. Let's face it, Abram didn't have Harley Swiggum in a Bethel Bible course. We do. 
I'm sure no member of this church needs to hear much in again about the Bethel Bible series. We've been talking about it here for more than two years. We've been working on it longer than that. Seated before you is the class of people, 19 of them of the 20 are here today. They, last Wednesday night, completed the 58th Wednesday night we have been meeting together in the last 20 months to try to become people who not only hear the word of God, but to try and understand it. We have worked very, very hard and very long. And through their stubbornness, through their tenacity, and through the power of God's Holy Spirit, which does bless when people get interested in trying to understand his eternal word, these people now have come to the place of maturity and understanding, though they feel they understand not too much at all and really less than they did two years ago about the Bible. They do have the knowledge to be able to help the rest of us as this Wednesday night we start on phase two of the Bethel Bible series in our congregation. And on Wednesday night, promptly at 7.30 p.m. here in this sanctuary, the 180 persons of this congregation who have registered and who have been contacted in return, you are to be here with pen or pencil in hand, and may I ask you also to bring some sheets of three-ring notebook paper. We will assemble ourselves for the introductory lecture. You will be assigned your teacher and classroom and given your first assignment. And that night we begin the first of this first semester. This course is a 42-week course. It is subdivided into six seven-week semesters. The first week of the first semester is Wednesday night. Six classes of 30 each, 180 in all, will begin this Wednesday night and go for seven weeks. In January, the second week, those 180 with the same six teachers will begin the second semester, or unit two, or the second of the six semesters which are necessary to complete the whole course. At that time, we will begin a new class of 30 people. 30 people will begin unit A, and then they will take their next six semesters in the succeeding two years. If for some reason some of you have not heard about the Bethel series, if some of you have changed your mind and want to get involved in this disciplined manner of studying the Bible with the hope of understanding it better, there are contact cards in the pew racks. Fill them out today. Hand them to one of these Bethel teachers or to one of the pastors or leave the card in the church office. Already, I believe, we have 15 people signed up for the January class. We can only take 30 at that particular time. 
So please, if you are interested, if in some way God is speaking to you to get involved in this course, which is only to help you in this second phase of beginning to understand the Bible in order to become a blessing, please do it today or as soon as possible. You see, the reason we're going through all of this, the reason we the twenty of us have been working so hard in the last two years is for only one reason, and that is to help the people of this congregation to understand the Bible according to the best scholarship and using the best tools that are available today. But I must warn all of the teachers, myself and all of you. Believe me, that just because we go through this Bible course or some other, that does not necessarily mean that we shall have the knowledge and the assurance that we are blessed and what we will do will be blessed by God to other people in the world. No, because we must remember, as did Abraham, that you must not only hear the word and understand the word, that you never become a blessing until you become obedient to the word. But when we do become obedient, when we begin to act in faith on that which we have heard and which we have understood, then the power of God begins to work in us and through us and out of us. And as I have already begun to see in the lives of some of the people of this church, when they get serious with God and become obedient and go out, not even knowing where they are going, but like Abraham of old, go out in faith, their lives are changed. They find a blessing. And what they do brings blessing to other people. I have seen this work, and I know it works, and this opportunity and invitation is open to every member of this congregation, and I cannot stress too much the impact that all of this will have on your individual lives, your family lives, our church life, our community life and the life of our nation and of our world. But we must be obedient to the word of God, for remember the words of our Lord himself, Blessed are they that hear my word and keep it. Do not be hearers only of the word, but doers of it. It's not enough just to hear and to understand. We must do. And when we do, then we are blessed to be a blessing. I've seen this work in the lives of some of these 20 people. And it's our honor and our privilege today as a congregation of believers and as a community of faith, as a church family, to in some way express our appreciation for these individuals who have sacrificed so much in the last 20 months to become blessings so that you people might be blessed. They know how I feel of them collectively and individually.
We've had difficult times, but we've had a great experience. And today we are to recognize them in their graduation. For today, Bethel teachers, you join a group of people throughout this nation and in nine other countries of the world. You will be numbered with the other 22,000 teachers who have been trained as you have been trained in nearly two years of intensive Bible study. You have read, I know, thousands and thousands of pages. You have reread and reread and reread parts of the biblical text, memorized over 400 biblical concepts, and know 40 pictures which are used to recall facts concerning 40 basic themes throughout the Old and New Testament. They have done very well. They have endured two and two and a half hour examinations. This course is one of the most intensive I have ever seen in all of my life, and these people responded beautifully. They told me in Madison, Wisconsin two years ago that out of this group we would lose maybe three or four over the two-year period, as always Bakerstown Church being far above average. We did not lose a teacher throughout the entire period. Today the session of this church is giving to you a pin which I have a copy of on my robe here this morning. Some of you saw it as we assembled to come in. You will receive this together with your diploma. And it is a replica of study number four, destined for a destiny or pronouncement for a destiny. There I am, I missed it already and they're laughing at me. It is showing in the artist's fashion that great eternal truth which we've tried to speak to this morning. Genesis 12, 1 through 3. I hope that you will wear it with great pride. And as we endure these next four years together, hoping to see at least 360 people of this 1,450-member congregation get involved in the Bethel series, may you realize that you have been a great part of it. So as you know and have biblical understanding of what it means to be blessed and to be a blessing, may God be with you as you go out into the world not only hearing anew the word of God and understanding it afresh, but as you try in faith to be obedient to it. You are truly blessed to be a blessing. And may I add in closing, by telling the congregation that last Wednesday night following our last meeting together, these fine people presented me with some gifts some of which were not too complimentary, but one which I shall always remember. They gave to me a scrapbook. Inside are letters from each member of the class, handwritten, expressing what the Bethel Bible series has meant to them. I shall always keep that scrapbook, for together with that, with 
the memories that we've had in the last two years and with this great passage of scripture I shall never be able to forget that I have been blessed to be a blessing please come forward I would like to give you your applause